Welcome to Walk in Truth. These are the Bible teachings of Pastor Michael Lenz, equipping you to reach out with God's truth to all people. Learn more about the program, live stream church services, and the podcast when you visit walkintruth.com. Now here's Pastor Michael and the conclusion of his teaching in 2 Chronicles chapter 20, called The Battle is Not Yours. Write down Psalms 121 and 123. I'm not going to take you there, but I think it'll bless you. Maybe for your devotional time, Psalms 121 and 123. Then in the midst of the assembly, the Spirit of the Lord came upon Jehaziel, the son of Zechariah, the son of Benaiah, the son of Jael, the son of Mataniah, the Levite of the sons of Asaph. Now they prayed. But the question is, now what? Okay, we prayed, and that's sometimes how you and I feel. Okay, pastor says, when I'm in trouble, I should pray. Okay, Lord, uh, I don't know if I need to pray in King James English. I'll just do regular English. Okay, uh, <laughs> What's supposed to happen next? Should there be a sign from heaven, a lightning bolt? What is it? Well, here... A word came. It came through this man, Jehaziel, verse 14. The Spirit of the Lord came on him, and he said, Listen, all Judah and the inhabitants of Jerusalem and King Jehoshaphat, thus says the Lord to you, do not fear or be dismayed because of this great multitude, for the battle is not yours, but God's. Tomorrow, Go down against them. Behold, they will come up by the ascent of Ziz, and you will find them at the end of the valley in front of the wilderness of Jeruel. You need not fight in this battle. Station yourselves, stand and see the salvation of the Lord on your behalf, O Judah and Jerusalem. Do not fear or be dismayed. Tomorrow, go out and face them, for the Lord is with you. You prayed. You called upon my name. The Spirit of the Lord gave a message through a prophet. And here's the message. You go out. But when you go out, you're not even going to have to fight. It's like the book of Exodus when Moses says, Stand still and see the salvation of our God. And God, what did he do? He opened the Red Sea for them to pass through. He said, those Egyptians, that army that you're so afraid of, you will see them no more after this day. You won't see them again. The things that we fear. You know, fear paralyzes so many people. It paralyzes the church from witnessing. It paralyzes sometimes us from getting involved in battles that we should be fighting. Because we let fear win the day. And faith is the antidote to fear. But it's not just faith in our faith. It's faith in God. It's knowing God's been running the universe for a long time. He's dealt with Red Seas and Egyptian armies and foreign armies and millions of soldiers and chariots and overwhelming odds. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. Do you believe that? The battle is not yours. You are part of the army of God. No one can defeat him. You see, all you have to do is stand still and see the salvation of God. 
You know Jehaziel's name who gave the message? He's a Levite of the sons of Asaph. His name means beheld of God or you could say behold God or look to God or maybe God looking to him. Do you remember the story of Hagar? She has that fight with Sarai and she goes out and she's pregnant with Ishmael and uh, she, Sarai treats her harshly and we understand there's difficulty there and she goes out and she's all by herself and the angel of the Lord shows up and he speaks a word of comfort to her. And she then names the location. She says, he is the God who sees me. He sees me. In my struggles, in my battles, in my weaknesses, in the times that I do well and the times that I'm so weak, he sees me and he loves me. Isn't that amazing? He loves me at the worst of my times and at the best. And so Jehoshaphat, verse 18, bowed his head with his face to the ground. All Judah, the inhabitants of Jerusalem, fell down before the Lord worshiping the Lord. They were relieved. They were filled with gratitude. But remember, the battle hasn't been won yet. They just got a word. And we need to go out in the power of the word. We need to go out in confidence in God. Do you have confidence in God? To fight your battles? Even before the battle takes place, God wants us to be confident. And so he bowed his head. He, he got down his face on the ground. He worshiped the Lord the Levites from the sons of the Kohathites and the sons of the Korahites stood up to praise the Lord God of Israel with a very loud voice. And they rose early in the morning, 20, and went out to the wilderness of Tekoa, about 10 miles south of Jerusalem. And when they went out, Jehoshaphat stood and said, Listen to me, O Judah, and inhabitants of Jerusalem. Put your trust in the Lord your God, and you will be established. Put your trust in his prophets and succeed. Isaiah 7, 9 says, if you do not stand firm in your faith, you will not stand at all. Isaiah 7, 9. So the leader of the nation had to encourage the nation to trust in God. He said, look, put your trust in the Lord and you will be established. Put your trust in his prophets and you will succeed. And when he consulted with his people, with the people, he appointed those who sang to the Lord and those who praised him in holy attire. And they went out before the army. Here's the worship leaders before the army and said, give thanks to the Lord for his loving kindness is everlasting. Now, I don't th think they put the worship leaders out just in case things got hot and they would be the first one to be sacrificed. I don't think that's what's going on. I think they put them out there because worship is a key to winning your battles. The worship leaders were out in front of the army. Now, how many of you have heard of worship wars in the church? Oh, all kinds of articles came out. And it's this. It's what kind of worship is best in a church? What kind of song selection, etc.? This is a different kind of worship war. This is about worshiping so that you can win your battles. How many of you, when you're going through a tough time, have rediscovered the power of worship music in your life? Amen? Amen? You see, what worship does is it redirects your focus to the Lord. 
we all realize we can't read our Bibles 24 hours a day. But you can be working at your desk and have worship music on. And if you can't do that in your company, put on your little earphones, right? Instead of something secular in your car on the freeway, put on some worship. There's incredible worship out there. And now with these newfangled, uh, whatever you call them, <laughs> what's the thing where you can play whatever you want? Spotify, thank you. <laughs> I know. <laughs> you can play whatever you want without even commercials and you can skip to the next song. Just keep your eyes on the road, as my mother would say. That's awesome. That's battling from the offensive side. That's saying, Lord, I need my focus to be on you. And so, when they began singing, 22, and praising the Lord, singing and praising, the Lord set ambushes against the sons of Ammon, Moab, and Mount Seir, who had come against Judah, so they were routed. For the sons of Ammon and Moab rose up against the inhabitants of Mount Seir, destroying them completely. And when they had finished with the inhabitants of Seir, they helped to destroy one another. As soon as they began singing, verse 22, the Lord did the fighting. Isn't that amazing? Some of you come a little late to church because you don't necessarily like the singing part. Or maybe you're not comfortable with it yet. Can I encourage you that that's a huge part of your Christian life? And it, sometimes it takes some time to become a person who can get into worship. But the Lord will do amazing things. He will change your heart. When Judah came to look out of the wilderness, to the wilderness, they looked toward the multitude and behold, there were, there were corpses lying on the ground. No one had escaped. The enemy simply destroyed themselves. And that's what the enemy will do. They'll end up just destroying one another. And when Jehoshaphat and his people came to take their spoil, they found much among them, including goods, garments, and valuable things, which they took for themselves more than they could carry. And they were three days taking the spoil because there was so much. Because God will do abundantly beyond what, what we could ever what? Ask or imagine. Imagine, actually, blessings often follow the battle. Amen? You battle, and you're like, Lord, this has been hard, and you get through it, and there's blessings on the other side. And so it took them three days. On the fourth day, they assembled in the Valley of Barakah. That means blessing, by the way. For there they blessed the Lord. Therefore, they have named that place the Valley of Blessing, or Barakah, until this day. And every man of Judah and Jerusalem returned with Jehoshaphat at their head, returning to Jerusalem with joy. For the Lord had made them rejoice over their enemies. Psalm 92.4 essentially says, He has made me glad. Amen? I will rejoice, for He has made me glad. And they came to Jerusalem with harps and lyres and trumpets to the house of the Lord. They came with joy. This is the day that the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. 
And the dread of God was on the kingdoms of the lands when they heard that the Lord had fought against the enemies of Israel, just like dread came upon the people of Jericho and so forth. Just as he had promised, the Lord had fought the battle. The Lord, 29, had fought against the enemies just as he had promised. You'll hear more from Pastor Michael in a moment. As you know, the coronavirus pandemic has forced local and state governments to make some regulations to keep people safe. That means Living Truth Christian Fellowship in Corona, California, the church behind Walk-In Truth, where Michael Lance serves as senior pastor, must resort to live streaming their Wednesday night and Sunday morning services. Many churches are having to face the same shutdown to abide by social distancing regulations. If your church isn't able to live stream their service, we invite you to fellowship with us from the comfort of your home during this unfortunate time. Visit walkintruth.com and click on church. That's walkintruth.com. Click on church. Make sure you subscribe to the Walk in Truth podcast, available on your favorite podcast app. Now, back to Pastor Michael Lance, right here on Walk in Truth. When Jehoshaphat and his people came to take their spoil, they found much among them, including goods, garments, and valuable things which they took for themselves, more than they could carry. And they were three days taking the spoil because there was so much. Because God will do abundantly beyond what what we could ever what? Ask or imagine. Imagine. Actually, blessings often follow the battle. Amen? You battle, and you're like, Lord, this has been hard, and you get through it, and there's blessings on the other side. And so it took them three days. On the fourth day, they assembled in the Valley of Barakah. That means blessing, by the way. For there they blessed the Lord. Therefore, they have named that place the Valley of Blessing, or Barakah, until this day. And every man of Judah and Jerusalem returned with Jehoshaphat at their head, returning to Jerusalem with joy. For the Lord had made them rejoice over their enemies. Psalm 92.4 essentially says, He has made me glad. Amen? I will rejoice, for He has made me glad. And they came to Jerusalem with harps and lyres and trumpets, to the house of the Lord. They came with joy. This is the day that the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. And the dread of God was on the kingdoms of the lands when they heard that the Lord had fought against the enemies of Israel, just like dread came upon the people of Jericho and so forth. Just as he had promised, the Lord had fought the battle. The Lord, 29, had fought against the enemies just as he had promised. And so the kingdom of Jehoshaphat was at peace, for his God gave him rest on all sides. And Jesus says, Come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. I'll give you rest on all sides. Even when your life is chaotic, I will give you a supernatural peace and rest. Now Jehoshaphat reigned over Judah. He was 35 years old when he became king, and he reigned in Jerusalem 25 years. This is proof that retirement is at age 60, for those of you who are wondering. And his, and his mother's name was Azuba, the daughter of Shilhai. 
And he walked in the way of his father Asa and did not depart from it, doing right in the sight of the Lord. The high places, however, were not removed. The people had not yet directed their hearts to the God of their fathers. Even though they experienced the victory, their hearts were still distracted. Now the rest of the acts of Jehoshaphat, first to last. Behold, they are written in the annals of Jehu, the son of Hanani, which is recorded in the books of the kings of Israel. And after this, Jehoshaphat, king of Judah, allied himself with Ahaziah, king of Israel, and he acted wickedly in so doing. So he allied himself with him to make ships to go to Tarshish, remember the book of Jonah, and they made the ships in Ezion-Geber. Then Eleazar, the son of that guy, of whoever that is, prophesied against Jehoshaphat, saying, Because you have allied yourself with Ahaziah, the Lord has destroyed your works. So the ships were broken and could not go to Tarshish. You know, this is a reminder after this great story of victory that it doesn't take much to re-ally yourself with the old ways and the old resources. How many victories have you seen God fight and win on your behalf? And how easy do you sometimes find it to go back to the old resources? Or like Peter, to go back fishing. I'm going fishing. And of course, Peter caught nothing. Don't go back to the old alliances. Finish well, brethren. Don't take victories for granted. And you know what's interesting about this end of the story? Jehoshaphat did exactly what Asa, his father, did at the end of his life. Asa did so many good things, but at the end of his life, he relied upon an unholy alliance, and God said, because of that, peace is going to be taken from you. We always have to be on guard. And maybe one of the biggest battles that we fight is with ourselves. To truly put our trust in God every day. See, the battle is not yours. It's the Lord's. But sometimes what the Lord does, I think, in our lives is put us into situations where we have to rely upon him, maybe because we've been letting things slip a little bit. Maybe because we've become a little bit too self-reliant and God will say, you know what? I think Michael may need to go back into the fire. No, no, Lord, no. Yes, 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 yes. It will burn away things that need to go. In heavenly armor will enter the land. The battle belongs to the Lord. No weapon that's fashioned against us shall stand. The battle belongs to the Lord. And we sing glory, honor, power and strength to the Lord. And we sing glory and honor. Power and strength to the Lord. And we sing glory, honor, power and strength to the Lord. The power of darkness comes in like a flood. The battle belongs to the Lord. He's raised up a standard, the power of his blood. The battle belongs to the Lord. 
When your enemy presses in hard, do not fear. The battle belongs to the Lord. Take courage, my friend. Your redemption is near. The battle belongs to the Lord. And we sing glory, honor, power, and strength to the Lord. And we sing glory, honor, power, and strength to the Lord. Amen? Amen. Father, thank you so much. Some of our young ones don't know that song. (laughs) But we're so grateful for that chorus. We're so grateful for a battle hymn. We're so grateful for the God who fights our battle. We're so grateful for an apostle who said, I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. And now there is laid up for me the crown of righteousness, which the righteous judge will give to me, and not only to me, but all who love is appearing. Everybody bailed on me, Paul says, at my first defense, but the Lord stood with me. The Lord, well, he will allow me to win every battle. He will allow me to face every fire, every lion that comes my way. And he will bring me safely home into his heavenly kingdom. Father, I pray for those who are weary in the battle, those who are just starting to get a sense of what it's about, and maybe those who may be somewhere in between. Thank you that you fought that battle for us by going to that cross and dying. You fought the battle of sin and death, and you won. And now we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. We have the victory in Jesus, and we are so grateful. We are on the winning team, and we fight from the side of victory. And I pray that you would strengthen your bride, strengthen your church, remind them about how much they are loved, And all the resources of heaven are really at our disposal. You just say, ask me. Pray to me and I will show you great and wonderful things that you do not know. Lord, we pray over our city and our nation. We do need a revival. May it start with us. In Jesus' name, amen. You're listening to The Battle Is Not Yours, Part 3 on Walk in Truth, the conclusion of Pastor Michael's teaching in 2 Chronicles Chapter 20. So, how are you feeling right now with all this news about the coronavirus pandemic? How are you handling being home more often or working from home? Maybe not seeing friends or family or church family? This whole thing can make you scared or or even depressed, but we want to let you know that Pastor Michael and the Walk in Truth team would love to pray for you. So tell us how we can do that by emailing us when you visit walkintruth.com. That's walkintruth.com. And you'll see a red banner at the top of the homepage. That's walkintruth.com. Now, here's Pastor Michael. Well, we know that uh, as we look at Second Chronicles 20, it's easy to do well for a while. Um, and I, I have a couple of thoughts on how this applies to Jehoshaphat. And here's what it is. I was around in in 2001 when we had the tragedy of the Twin Towers and the other uh, things that went on with 9-11. And I remember that in the wake of that, 
as should be. Uh, prayer gathering swelled, church attendance peaked. But it wasn't but a matter of weeks or months until things went back to business as usual. And I have to tell you, my friend, that is incredibly sad. Because if this time, by God's grace, passes us, and I believe it will, and it's in the rearview mirror, and we go back to the way we were before, then we've missed the lesson of this time. And this time is hopefully getting us to be serious about our faith, to be serious about following Christ, to not play church or not let other things crowd him out as can so easily happen. So the battle is not yours. Jehoshaphat did well, but if you stay tuned to the end of the story, he didn't necessarily finish well. He had some hiccups. And let's be praying that when this is behind us by God's grace, that we'll we'll carry on and we'll be busy about our Father's business. Well, hey, you may be struggling and, and maybe you're thinking, you know what, I can't even think about finishing well. I'm not doing well right now. I'd like to encourage you, if you need prayer, uh, would you reach out to us through walkintruth.com? Submit your prayer request. We'd be happy to be praying for you as you go through this time. Uh, you can also call 844-48-TRUTH. There'll be a pastor on hand Monday through Friday, normal business hours, 844-48-TRUTH. We'd be happy to pray with you on the phone. God bless you. We appreciate the fact that you guys are partnering with us. We love you, and we'll catch you tomorrow. Come back tomorrow for Pastor Michael's teaching relevant to what we're all facing today called I Lay My Hand on My Mouth. I'm Mike Massaro. Hey, thanks for listening to A Walk in Truth today. Our goal, as always, is to reach out with God's truth to encourage, teach, and bless you during a time of hardship. 